Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Parenthood podcast brought to you by The Bump Class. I'm Marina Fogel. I'm here today with Dr. Kiara Hunt. And today we're going to talk about something that actually affects really all parents. Teething, the emergence of those pesky teeth, which can be such a trying time. You know, you, you have a baby and you think, oh, I'm just about coping with birth and feeding and sleeping. And you sort of see a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel and then your baby starts showing symptoms of teething and it all becomes uh, quite tricky again. So we're going to talk today about sort of symptoms, how you can tell whether or not your baby's teething and also some sort of remedies, the myths, the fiction, the stuff that is evidence-based and actually works, um, just so that you've got a bit of an overview about your options. So Kiara, you see a lot of babies with sort of teething symptoms. That yeah, because I think parents often worry that their baby's crying for another reason and want to exclude a medical cause for the crying and for the discomfort. Um, but very often it is just teething. And, you know, some babies sail through teething, no problem at all. And others really struggle and it goes on and on um, as all the individual teeth come through. So it is a different experience for, for parents. Because mm. babies are born with full, both full sets of teeth, aren't they? Sort yeah. of, I mean, they haven't emerged yet from and their They gums. all develop in the pregnancy and then they you know yeah absolutely we're born with them but with both sets there ready to go and the first set start to come through sort of from between about three and six months and that those first set can take you know up to sort of three years to all come through and then you know when the children are about five six seven the the, the the baby milk teeth will start to fall out and the second set will start to emerge because um, a lot of parents report symptoms of teething kind of actually earlier than, than three months. Um, it can. I mean, that's the average age for yeah. them to start. But I mean, it, it is possible for babies to be born with a tooth already emerged. Really? It's very rare, but, you know, it has been recorded. So um, it, ca- it can start earlier than that, but it's unusual. Most babies will start sometime between three and six months and, and, and actually more often than not towards the end of that period. And you hear stories. I mean, I certainly heard people say that apparently the most painful part of teething is the kind of early part. They talk about teeth cutting through gums is there any truth in that at all it's a difficult one because it does it seems that babies do find teething quite uncomfortable but it doesn't actually cut through any bone when a tooth comes through a channel emerges and the sort of bone remodeling occurs so it's not that the tooth is is cutting through bone and also you know when when the teeth fall out and the second set come through that's not at all painful for children mm. so there's an argument to say that teething doesn't actually hurt at all but you know when you have a baby who's teething uh, you probably disagree with that <laughs> and it could be that your six-year-old is more resilient than your newborn baby absolutely yeah. and their yeah. pain thresholds might be a bit different 
Yeah. And you know, I also have parents who worry because the teeth haven't come through. So the baby might be nine months or even 12 months and no teeth have come through. And so it does happen at different times for different children. And I've never, ever come across a child who has not developed teeth. <laughs> so <laughs> I think your teeth, the teeth will come. <laughs> so it's around sort of three to six months that symptoms start and it can be quite painful. It's often a time when, you know, it's quite difficult to get them to feed or to sleep or to fall asleep or to stay asleep. But how do you know if your baby is teething? I mean, generally babies that were previously quite happy um, turn a bit grouchy don't yeah, they? they'll turn a bit grisly and they'll often start rubbing their them you know put their hands inside their mouth and start rubbing their gums they will have um, very often bright red cheeks or one bright red cheek I'm sure you remember from when yours were, were mm. teething um, and that will often be accompanied by drooling um, so lots the of drool and dribble so constantly uh, you know, it's quite common for parents to report that when the tooth is coming through, they get a bit of a sore bottom and a bit of like runny tummy. Um, and that's possibly that the teething process causes their stomach to produce a bit more acid. And so the poos are a bit more acidic and they get a bit of a sore bottom. So you do see that quite a lot too. Mm. when the teeth are coming through. So what can you do when your baby is teething? Is there anything, I mean, obviously this is a natural thing that they have to go through and there's nothing actually wrong with them. It's not that they're ill. Mm. Um, but is there anything you can do to sort of ease the pain of teething? Yeah, there are there are things you can do and it obviously depends on how bad that pain is. Um, I mean, I think the confusing thing for parents is that their ch child will often show signs of teething um, but then no teeth will come. Mm. Uh, and I think actually with that first set of teeth, when you've got a young child, a young baby, it can be quite uncomfortable for them just when those teeth are moving within the gums and starting to descend, not just when the teeth are cutting through. So, um, so don't, if your child is showing signs of teething but the no tooth, tooth has actually appeared, that doesn't mean that they weren't sore from teething. Yeah. Um, and normally when a, a tooth is actually cutting through, it takes sort of usually about three days or so to, to actually come out. Um, so normally I'd say to parents, you know, I wouldn't expect symptoms to be going on more than that so per tooth. But then of course the next one can be coming through. So it is... Uh, it is difficult. Yeah, it's quite a few teeth to come through. <laughs> Chewing, I found with my, my children, they always wanted to chew on something. And it's often kind of the time that you are starting to introduce solids. I mean, I remember um, every time I was holding my daughter, she'd grab my thumb and start sort of chewing yeah. on it. And that did seem to make a difference. It, and I eventually found that sort of actually applying pressure to her gums, it mm. just sort of seemed to alleviate the pain as mm. if that tooth was sort of pushing through and I was just helping relieve the pressure in some yeah. way. Could, could that have been right? Was that something I've totally made up? No, I think a lot of parents find that that eases their uh, child's discomfort when they sort of almost massage their gums. Mm. Um, and that's what they're doing themselves when they're sticking their hands in their mouth. And then as they get older, if they, and once they can hold things and put things in their mouth, there you can get all sorts of teething rings and things you can put in the fridge that that um, that will get cool, that, that, that definitely eases their... You know, this, the gums get swollen and sore, so anything cool on them will feel nice and sort of um, soothing for the baby. Yeah, if I they're already... Yeah. Putting um, pear in the freezer for my yes, son and yeah. he actually loved chewing on yeah. that sort of frozen pear obviously he was at the stage where he was happy to eat sort of finger foods yes um, and they're sort of mainly slobbering and sucking them yeah. but that actually helped really really well yeah I mean I think remember that you know if you freeze anything that it's going to get harder so if they break a bit off there's a, a higher risk of choking so you know if they normally eat a mushy pear don't suddenly freeze the pear and give them that but you can get those um sort of those little netting things that you put food into and then freeze it mm. so then they can rub that on their uh, on their teeth without the risk of 
choking if they're that bit younger, if they're sort of, you know, around the six, you know, four to seven month mark. And you can get specific teething toys that you can stick in the fridge or the freezer yeah. with yeah. sort of knobbly plastic where, yeah. again, there's no danger of them biting something off. Yeah, I've even seen a parent came the other day with a, there's some companies that make jewellery that are specifically designed for, for teething babies. So you can you can give them your necklace or your or your, or your bracelet quite safely that's actually designed for teething babies. <laughs> And what about teething gels? There's lots on the market. You can go into a pharmacy and there's loads of different teething gels. Have they got a bit of anaesthetic in? Is it? Is Some of the them idea? do. I mean, the granules you can get, the teething granules have, um, I think they're chamomile-based, which is a natural analgesic and it also calms babies a bit, so they get quite hit up. But, um, but yeah, there's various teething gels that will numb the, the gums a bit. Uh, and certainly, anecdotally... There's some sort of homeopathic things that have got high doses of chamomile in that mothers say work really, really well. Um, so it's worth having a look at that and seeing if that helps your baby. And then the other thing that you see a lot of children wearing are these amber necklaces that are supposedly um, there to help the pain of, of teething, either amber necklaces or bracelets or anklets. Is there any research at all behind this or is it... A, um, I mean, you see a lot of them, don't you? Which which sort of indicates that mothers are sort of w- w- desperate to try anything. Did you try? Um, I can't remember. Did any? I of think yours? I did for my daughter. I think she. I was at the stage where I thought, I know this. There's no evidence behind this, but I'm still going to try it. <laughs> and, and actually, I think it did make a bit of a difference. Um, I did look actually just for this podcast. I had a little look at, about you know if there was any sort of evidence that it that it could or, or, or you know could make any difference. Um, I'm interested to hear this because I remember I, I sort of uh, reluctantly finally put a, a necklace on on Iona because she was such a sort of grumpy child and I thought anything I'll do anything (laughs) even if I I can't see how it would work at all Um, and I remember keeping it on for the winter and then it got to the summer and I thought now everyone can see it I'm going to have to take it off and she was so grumpy after I I swiftly put it back on again and she probably got better (laughs) she was better I I mean I'm sure it was probably placebo yeah from. Well, I'm sure there's an element of that. So I did look into it, and I think you know, bottom line is that there's no good evidence that there's no good evidence that it makes a, the blindest bit of difference. But actually, there is. So amber, a certain type of amber, um, Baltic amber, contains a chemical called succinic acid, and um, the succinic acid, if it's released from the amber, is a natural painkiller. Um, so there are lots of um, uh, you know historically that there, there, you know there is. Uh, there are stories of people using amber as a type of pain relief but if you look into the chemistry of it uh, amber is a uh, succinic acid is only released from the amber at very high temperatures sort of over 100 degrees celsius um or if it's or it can be dissolved in water so unless your baby's sweating and getting some of the amber off uh, some of the succinic acid off the amber that way um there's no really real way that that, that it could be released from the amber because obviously the baby's not going to get to temperatures of that yeah uh, and i guess you know there's the, the sort of element that if it can't harm why not use it? But yeah. I think you do have to be a bit careful, don't you, with the amber necklaces? Well, because you do, because I think there's a choking risk there as well. If the child is able to pull it and, and the little beads can come off, there is a choking risk. I don't know what the incidence of that is or whether that's actually happened. And I think the people who make the amber necklaces do sort of tie off each little bead, so they're not going to have lots of little beads. But, but even one is even enough one to choke enough, off. Yeah, yeah. And presumably, I mean, having a little baby wear a necklace, is there a risk of strangulation? Yep, yeah, if the, if the necklace got caught on something in the cot or... Yes, there is, there is, isn't there, theoretically. So I think if I did it, I would use a sort of bracelet or a foot anklet thing. But like everything, you're having to weigh out the risk versus the benefit. And if you're finding your baby is calm and happy uh, and you've minimised those risks, then you know it's entirely up to the parents, isn't it? Yeah. 
And I guess, you know, when it comes to sort of analgesic, the sort of natural analgesic released by this or potentially released yeah. by this amber, you know, you can also give your child painkillers. Yes, exactly. So, you know, you can give them infant paracetamol or ibuprofen, yeah. which and, we know is safe. Yeah. And we, but you obviously don't want to be doing that too much either. So I, I do understand where parents are coming from. I think if your child is going through a particularly difficult time that seems to be due to teething, which, as I say, normally lasts two or three, four days, then it's absolutely fine to give them some um, some painkillers, uh, either paracetamol or ibuprofen. Um, and even if you're doing that regularly for two or three days during that period, that's fine, as long as you're sure it's teething and you're not missing some other medical condition that, that could be causing them to be unhappy. Yeah, because that's the real problem, isn't it? That you're sort of, uh, parents are so funny, you know, mothers very often will attribute everything to teething, yes. you know, gets to the point that they trip over and they scrape their knee and you think, oh, teething, yeah. it's teething. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's true. And, you know, babies, especially, you know, as they get a bit older, do get grizzly from time to time. And often we have no idea what's causing it. Um, and it's very easy to sort of blame the teeth. But, um, you know, anything that makes life easier for parents, I don't really have a problem with. I mean, sometimes they have a, t- a bit of a temperature and that's where it gets a bit tricky, you know, because if they have a temperature, yes, it could be teething, but it could also be something else. So have a low threshold to get them checked out by the doctor if, if they do, if they are really uncomfortable and unwell with the teeth. Yeah, and that's potentially where the sort of risk is higher if you are blaming everything on teething and ignoring symptoms that you should be sort of flagging up with a doctor just because you think it's all about the teething. Yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, it just uh, being it's not easy being that. a parent and no, <laughs> making not. these decisions. I mean, it's interesting. I was reading somewhere that. Um you know, not even you know, I think at the beginning of the last century, in the 1900s, um, teething was frequently listed as a cause of death in children of yeah. sort of teething age. Yeah, well, that's I mean, because obviously that's not the case. No, they didn't die of teething. Teething nowadays would never be listed as a cause of death. But yes, previously, when vaccinations weren't available and children between the ages of sort of three and 12 months did die regularly, that was often at the time the teeth were beginning to come through. And so they would correlate the death with the teething. Um, and that is a classic example of a correlation as opposed to causation just because it happened at the same time didn't mean one caused the other um, so no don't worry uh, teething is not going to be a cause of death in in children nowadays but uh, but it just gives you an idea of of also how how severe the symptoms of teething can be yeah um, and certainly can feel for the parents yeah absolutely and I think you know the other thing to remember is that as soon as you see those teeth emerging you need to start brushing them which you know your mother's think okay another thing that I'm having to do now yeah. well um, dentists even say before before they emerge, you know, to get you to get used to brushing the gums uh, is 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 quite important. But yes, as soon as teeth come out, even if they're milk teeth that you know are going to fall out, you must look after them. As doctors, we all see um, tooth decay in milk teeth in children because they haven't been looked after. The teeth haven't been looked after. And it's not like you know when they fall out, you start again. If your milk teeth have been rotting, then presumably that has an impact on the adult teeth, which you. Basically yeah, I mean, as I'm not a life. dentist, and I think we are going to do a podcast, yeah. aren't we, on on teeth and looking after them as we go as uh, as as they grow up but um is is you know if you have an abscess in a milk tooth that can cause a child to be very uncomfortable and very unwell whether or not it affects the uh, the, the next tooth coming through so um teeth care is very important and it's not like you know you're going to get your nine month old to actually kind of brush their teeth it's more about chewing that toothbrush and sort of getting used to sort of Absolutely. and presumably the fluoride intake too of the of the yeah toothpaste yeah absolutely especially once the teeth come through so and often they, they're wonky when they come through and sort of parents think oh gosh do I need braces but actually that has no bearing on whether or not their adult teeth will be wonky and yeah it, uh, uh, yeah absolutely the milk teeth has no bearing on that and I think you know there's lots of uh, lots of questions that parents have on teeth and looking after them and which come out when and which ones stay forever and which ones fall out and um, and I think we're going to um, get one of our 
dentist colleagues to come in and have a uh, and record a podcast with us about that which yeah. which should be hopefully interesting and informative yeah well. absolutely i go so i suppose you know the crucial thing a piece of advice is just to understand that teething is normal try not to get into the habit of blaming everything um on those those pesky teeth i think you know when your child is teething it is so so difficult for a new parent but at the same time it's a phase as with so many of those things and and it will pass so um try to convince yourself that there is uh, light at the end of the tunnel so I hope this has been a useful podcast for you. Do you understand that this podcast was recorded in October 2017? So to our knowledge, all the information um, was correct at the time of recording, but it might have changed by the time you listen to it. So if you do have any concerns about the health or well-being of anyone in your family, we would recommend visiting your GP. All our podcasts are packed full of interesting and useful information. So please subscribe to The Parenthood so that you don't risk missing out on any of our, our new uh, podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at theparent.hood where you can make suggestions for future podcast recordings. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.